Good morning. Find your place. Let's stand together as we worship the Lord through song. Sing out a great anthem this morning. Jesus saves. Let's sing this out together. Hear the heart of heaven beating. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And the hush of mercy breathing. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Welcome to Hometown Heroes Day at FBC Wixom. If you are a first responder or government worker, we honor you today and we thank you for serving our community. We're grateful that you have joined for our worship service this morning. Please stay afterwards for a special lunch in the cafe prepared just for you and your family. Here are a few upcoming events to help you stay connected. We are planning a special men's meeting on Tuesday, October 10th at 6 a.m. This will be a great time of delicious food, fellowship, prayer, teaching, and worship. Don't miss this special start to the day with other Christian brothers. Community groups continue tonight at 6 p.m. If you are not yet connected with the Sunday p.m. community group, please visit fbcwixom.org forward slash community groups for more information. Community groups meet in homes most Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. This coming weekend is a special time for our church as Johnny Martin is examined by an ordination council and our church considers their recommendation for him serving in pastoral ministry. This council will meet on Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. and the entire church is welcome to come and observe. There will be no Sunday evening community group meetings next week. In just a few minutes, we'll be dismissing children four years to the third grade out the back of the auditorium to our junior church ministry. While there, they will enjoy a great time as they sing songs, play games, and hear a message from God's Word prepared just for them. The ministry of First Baptist Church is funded entirely by the voluntary gifts of God's people. This is an important part of our worship as we unite together in a tangible way to advance the priorities of Jesus in our community and beyond. If you'd like to participate in worship by giving, please utilize the giving box in the back of the auditorium. 
Wukresta weekly gift be sent directly from your bank to the church office. Or you can give online at fbcwixom.org and click on the giving tab at the top of the page. Thank you for partnering together with the rest of the church to advance the cause of Christ. If this is your first time at FBC, we would love to connect with you. If you'd like more info about FBC, prayer, or to learn how you can get involved, you can fill out a connections card online at fbcwixom.org forward slash connect. Also, make sure to stop by the Welcome Center for a special gift on your way out after the service. Once again, thank you for joining us for worship today. Now we invite you to worship the Lord through song as we prepare to hear from God's Word this morning. Good morning, everyone. It is great to see you this morning. I want to just follow up that video with a couple of other quick details. Um, You heard on the video about the men's breakfast and worship on October the 10th. Men, there is a sign-up sheet for that right outside these doors to the left of the column. And if you can help us be prepared for breakfast on that day by signing up, we would appreciate it. Also, coming up on October 1st is our churchwide picture. Weather permitting, we'll do that right after the morning service on October the 1st here coming up in just a couple of weeks. I sent an email out this morning to some of our young adults and teenagers about the Wixom Block Party, which is happening this coming Saturday. Our church has two booths at the Block Party, one of them for the church, and one of them we're helping the Downtown Development Authority uh, do a booth for crafts for kids, and we'll be handing out church information at that as well. We need a few more people to help, particularly young people and ladies. If there's any of you willing to come for an hour, we need help with setup. We need help running the booze. We need help with teardown. If you can help with that, would you please let me know that today? We'd like to finalize our plan this afternoon. Um, community group uh, sign-up sheets are in the back. You heard a little bit about community groups on the announcement video. Also, if you watch community groups from home, I know there are some of us that do that, a new link will be sent out to the entire church family for those that watch from home and for each of the leaders. Uh, that will happen this afternoon. This is Hometown Heroes Day. We invite our um, government employees, first responders, law enforcement officers to join us for this Sunday on a yearly basis. And as I was explaining to some of our firefighters this morning, this is as much for us as it is for them. Our church needs to do what Scripture says and say thank you to those that serve us. And so we want to say thank you to them. We do so by uh, providing a really beautiful uh, lunch for them in the cafe afterwards. Um, But it's really great for us to have, I know, some of our firefighters with us. And if it's okay with you guys, we'll put you on the spot for just a minute and ask you to stand up. Are there any other special guests that are with us today? Um, First responders, government workers, law enforcement officers, anybody else like that? Okay, would you guys please introduce yourselves? Jeremy has a microphone. Just let us know your name and what you do for our community. We just want to say thank you. Go ahead. Uh, Good morning, everybody. I'm Julius. Um, Been with Wixom going on a year. Uh, I love it, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you, Julius. Glad you're here today. My name's David. I've been with Wixom for three years now, and my daughter actually just started in the preschool here, so appreciate you guys having us. We're super excited to have David's daughter here with us, and uh, praise God for that. Go ahead. Good morning. My name is Patrick, and this is my first year with the city of Wixom. Thank you, Patrick. Good morning, guys. My name is Greg. I've been with the city of Wixom Fire Department for seven years. Um, 2019, I went on a deployment for the United States Navy, came back, took a full-time position, so full-time now. We're glad you're back, and we're glad you're on staff here. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Mike Smith, been with the Wixom Fire Department about 16 years, and lived in the city of Wixom for closing in on 30 years. Wow. It's a great community. Love it. Yeah. Just thank you guys for what you guys do for us. Well, you're the veteran of the team, Mike. We're (laughs) glad to have you here. Thank you for bringing the guys with you, and thanks for serving such long-term in our community. We really appreciate it. Let's tell these guys thank you with a little round of applause. Thank you, fellas. You guys can be seated. Thank you. We hope that you don't get a call and you can stick around for lunch today. Uh, they did bring a couple of the, their vehicles with them. And I think afterwards, if it's all right with them, if you want to go out and take a gander, maybe take the little ones out and take a quick peek at them. You can do that before lunch and be, uh, between that and our morning service. Thank you for being with us, guys. And thank you for serving our community so faithfully. We really do appreciate it. 
Thank you, everyone, for being here today. Let's pray and let's ask God to bless our time together this morning. Father, thank you for all that you've done for us. This morning, we just want to take a moment to thank you for the community we live in. We thank you for our community leaders that serve in government, for our law enforcement officers and their faithful duty that they perform in in keeping our community safe. Thank you for these men that we've uh, introduced this morning and for their um, role that they play in our community. What a blessing to know that at a moment's notice, they're on call uh, for our protection and for the protection of our children. They've demonstrated that so many times with um, false alarms that we've had. They've been here right on cue, and we're just grateful for their uh, watch, care, and protection over this place and over our community. We ask that you'd bless them and protect them. Help us today as we worship you. Lord, we want to think about Jesus, and we just sang the song, Jesus Saves, and we want to elevate him for one another Uh, We want to glorify you in all that we do and say, and uh, we just thank you for the opportunity, the freedom that we have to gather together for worship today. Please bless it. Glorify yourself in it. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord through song. Let's stand together as we sing out a great old hymn coupled with a great, powerful chorus, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Amazing grace, how sweet a sound. That saved a wretch like me. I was, was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. truth revealed to us this morning through God's word. What a great opportunity we have to worship him through that truth. Next song we're going to sing is a pretty popular one, one that most of us know, but I want to encourage you guys to really think through the words of these songs. We're going to sing 10,000 reasons, and the emphasis of the song is this. There are so many things that we can thank our amazing God for and praise him for this morning. 10,000, it's really above and beyond that. We can't even count it. Because he's such a great and amazing God. And he's revealed his word and his truth to us, which is just another reason that we can thank him and praise him this morning. Let's sing it out this morning. Really mean it as we think about who God is. 10,000 reasons. 
kids are dismissed out the back, we want to prepare to sing a song this morning, and it's entitled, Day After Day, Jesus Reigns. And the gist of the song is, when you rise up in the morning and you pray, and you think about what God has done in your life, and you think about the day coming, as well as the, at the end of the day, when you stop and thank God for all the blessings that he's given you, and what he's prepared for you the next day, whether it be today, tomorrow, or forevermore. Jesus is still in control, and Jesus reigns. In the morning as I pray for the day that you have made, I have hope and I have peace. For your presence is with me, so whatever comes my way, Lord, remind me of this grace. I can face it with this hope, Jesus won't forget his own. Jesus holds me safely in his hands, ever
song, great truth, day after day, Jesus reigns. Thank you for that. I invite you to take your Bibles to Psalm 19, if you would. If you've been with us in previous Sundays, you know that we're going through a series of messages in Psalms that we've entitled Albums of Worship, and this is really a theology, a study of the character of God, and we're asking two questions every Sunday morning. Who is God, and what should I do in response This morning, we're looking at our 34th characteristic of God in the Psalms, 34. We've talked about the fact that he's creator, eternal, faithful, that he's the forgiver, that he's holy, that he's just, that he is light, and that he is loving. And to each of these characteristics, our response should be the same. It should be praise. And that definition of praise is that we would applaud God for who he is, that publicly we would declare to one another, not just in our music, But also in our conversations, isn't God great? Isn't God great? As we think about these characteristics of our God. Today, the message is our God is the revealer. The revealer. Here's what scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse number 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. The secret things. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 47, the king says this. God is the God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. This is one of the unique and kind of surprising characteristics of God. And that is that he reveals to humanity what we would otherwise be totally in the dark on. The Bible calls these things mysteries. And they're mysteries not in the sense of like a novel with a captivating plot and maybe, maybe a murder mystery, a crime novel. Not that kind of mystery, but more like 
the inside scoop. Something you would never expect unless someone peeled back the curtain and showed you what was actually going on. I was recently reading the story about Robert Fidler. Maybe you've heard of him who built a mansion in the UK, but he built it inside a giant haystack to avoid the prying eyes of local building officials. You've seen this? This guy built this giant haystack because the rule in his municipality was that if nobody complained about the building for four years, they couldn't tell you to tear it down. So he thought, I can live behind a haystack for four years. That's no problem. So he built this house behind the haystack. And then one day in 2002, he revealed to the community what he had built. And this is what he built. It's actually a pretty remarkable looking house. But it wasn't up to local building code. And they've told him he has to tear it down. That's kind of the sad end of the story. But the interesting part is that he concealed it from those that were uh, wanting to see what was going on. In fact, I think if you had a drone or a helicopter, maybe you could see what was going on a little bit, but not the average person. There's some things about God that would remain 100% concealed if he did not choose to reveal them. And this is really the point of Psalm 19, that God has revealed some things about himself, some mysteries about himself. Three things in particular in this passage today. And you might say, okay, well, that's nice that he's the revealer and I'm glad that he did that. That was gracious of him. But does it really matter how I respond? It's great that God is this, but do I have a responsibility to respond? You just said a minute ago, Brad, that we want to ask these questions. Who is God and what am I supposed to do? But it doesn't seem like I have any responsibility if he just unveils and says, voila, look at a mystery you didn't know was there. Do I have a responsibility? And I would just tell you that maybe more than most other characteristics of God, we have a very clear responsibility in fact in romans chapter one don't turn there yet i'll put some verses up on the screen here in just a second but in romans chapter one it says that the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of god is manifest or obvious in them for god has shown it to them Here's what this verse says. God is angry with some people because they see God and they see what he's revealed and they have not responded. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him, God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his power and his Godhead, so that they, the people who don't respond, are without excuse. They see God. But they glorify themselves instead. Verse number 21, because that when they know God or knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Actually, Romans chapter one is an incredible description of the mindset of the world today. The the world gets all wrapped up in nature and the climate and creation and has totally forgotten the creator, the one who put it in place, the one who created them. So Romans chapter one actually describes 21st century America, I think, pretty clearly. But what I want you to see is the root issue, the root issue of the reprobate mind described in Romans chapter one is when people see what God has revealed and they say, eh, I'm really not interested in seeing what is behind the curtain. So for us, when we read a psalm like Psalm 19 that reveals some things, we probably should pay close attention and take seriously that question, what am I supposed to do in response? Let me read Psalm 19 for you this morning. It's not long. Stay with me if you would as I read it. Here's what it says starting in verse 1. The heavens declare or manifest or reveal The glory of God, the firmament, the sky shows his handiwork day unto day utters speech and night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. Everyone can see the creation and their words to the end of the world. 
In them has he set a tabernacle for the son, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race every single day. His going forth, the sun's going forth from the end of the heaven and his circuit under the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. So God has revealed his glory. But notice the law, the word of God is perfect, converting the soul The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Would you pray with me briefly this morning? Lord, please help us as we come to your word to respond rightly to your revelation. You've shown us some things clearly. May we not be like those people in Romans 1 who reject what you've shown us, but help us to embrace it and learn and draw closer to you as a result. Please help us to be, as Jesus described, like men who build their house on a rock. They hear your words and then they determine we will do them. We will commit ourselves to obedience. May that be true of this church today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to see, number one, that God has revealed his glory in creation. Again, verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. The creation teaches us so much about God. We could spend an entire day talking about this idea of creator, even though we've looked at it at length. But can I just remind you of a couple of really obvious things? Creation shows us the diversity and unity of God. So much diversity. Even here in the United States, the the topography and the plant life and the animal life is just amazing, the diversity. And yet it all works together in unity. Uh, In Psalm 104, it says this, O Lord, how manifold or how complex, how diverse are your works In wisdom, you have made them all. So the diversity of God. Think about the love of God. Aren't you glad that there's color and texture and taste and different uh, things that we can enjoy with our senses? Imagine if there was no taste. That would ruin life for most men, right? No taste. I I can't enjoy dinner as much as I'd like to. Think about the beauties of creation. Let me just give you a couple of I think interesting stats. Did you know there's 300 species of hummingbirds? 300. Why? Because God can, right? And he wants to show us how powerful and how creative and how loving he is. There are 30,000 species of orchids. Just orchids. 30,000 species. What incredible power and love and kindness of God to share these things with us. I've told you before, Mari has a, a favorite thing that she collects. She finds them on beaches. You probably know what they are. It's, it's, she has a disorder. It's called shell collection disorder, right? She like, every time she goes to a beach, she's got to pick up all of the pretty shells. And every time we pick up the shells, we'll look at each other and say, can you believe like, God made all these? Like, why? Why so much beauty and sizes and shapes and colors and just so much beauty Just because he's kind and just because he's good and just because he can. We're on the verge of beautiful colors in in the fall season. Why? Why did God make it that way? Just because he's kind. He's loving. He's good. He wants to show the beauty of his creation to us. So the diversity, the love and kindness of God. How about just the bigness of God? Have you ever sat underneath a clear sky and thought, wow, God is way bigger than I can even imagine? When I was in college, a couple of friends and I dragged our mattresses out of the dormitory out on the soccer field and just 
laid in the northern Wisconsin wilderness with our mattresses, looking up at the sky and enjoying sleeping under the stars. It's amazing. In fact, I think the farther north you get and the farther away from city light you get, it's even more amazing. God has revealed his glory in creation. And can I just tell you this morning, just remind you this morning, you might hear that and you might say, well, okay, I see it. It's pretty cool, but, you know, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is Romans chapter 1. Remember? In Romans chapter 1, it says that people see God's glory in creation, shrug their shoulders, walk the other way, and God is angry with them because he's revealed himself, and yet they have not responded. Number two, in Psalm 19, God has revealed his will in his word. He's revealed his will in his word. Look at verse 7. It talks about the law of the Lord the testimony of the Lord. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. In verse number 11, he says, By these things your servant is warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Did you know that God has revealed to us in his word, the Bible, how to live? God has given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. This is the guidebook. This is the instruction manual. This is the difference between a successful life and an unsuccessful life. A life well lived with wisdom or a life poorly lived through folly. This book is the difference. And yet, many Christians leave it sitting on their shelf. They can't remember the last time they sat down and really meditated on and read through and memorized scripture Are we getting into the word of God and are we living it? He's given us his will and his word. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 1, it's an interesting passage where the Apostle Paul says, God has made known unto us the mystery of his will. He's taken the curtain back. He's revealed to us his will. God didn't have to do that, but he did. He chose to. According to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, what is his will? A few verses later, it tells us that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. What is God's will? That his people would give him glory. That his people would look in his word and say, oh, this is how I'm to live. I will live this way, Lord, for your glory. I will respond in obedience because you've loved me. I will love you in return. You've revealed your Glory in creation, you've revealed your will in the Bible. But thirdly, I just want you to see that God reveals our sin in our hearts. God reveals our sin in our hearts. Number one, he can reveal your sin problem. By the way, this is probably why a lot of people, when they start to see what God has revealed, they start pushing back or walking away or shrugging their shoulders because I'm not sure I want God to get personal with me. I'm not sure I want him to reveal my sin problem. Look at verse number 12. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. David says, look, there's some things in me, some things that are wrong. There's some things I don't even know about. They're secret. And I I would like to have you fix these for me, Lord. Most of us don't want our shortcomings highlighted unless we realize how dangerous they are, right? Can you imagine, like, just think of a kind of a crazy error that you might have. Like, like for instance, let's just pretend that you are convinced you should drive on the wrong side of the road. And you're going up the left side of Interstate uh, 75 and you're cruising up north. You're just going on the wrong side of the road. If you're convinced of that, that's pretty dangerous. Wouldn't you agree? You need somebody to say, hey... That's an error. That's a fault. For your own protection, let me help you. You should be on, oh, there you go. You should be on the right side of the road, right? Sometimes we don't like to be told we're wrong, but for our own good, we need to be told we're wrong. If you have an illness in you that can be cut out, most of us would say, cut it out. That's not good news. I don't want it in there. I want you to take care of it. This is what David says to God. Lord, there's some things in me I know that are wrong. Would you deal with them? Would you reveal them? Sin, Scripture tells us, when it is finished, it brings forth death. The end of wrong living, the end of sinful living 
is death. Lord, would you please reveal it to me? Reveal my sin problem. Number two, God has revealed the solution to our sin problem. Notice what David says. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Lord, you can cleanse me. You can fix me. Here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. If you've, if you've never heard this, would you just give this a minute of thought today? All of us are born sinners. Scripture teaches this, this, that you don't have to teach a human being to sin. We're just good at it. All of us are like professionals at it. We're just really good at sin. You go to the nursery, check out the toddlers fighting over toys, and you think, wow, nobody had to teach them this. They just naturally understand how to sin. All of us are headed in the same direction towards sin. And what the Bible says is that each human being then is faced with a choice. Will I live in sin all of my life and enter an eternity away from God? Or will I turn my back on sin and choose to follow Jesus? Here's the amazing thing that Scripture teaches us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this. This is a miracle. But listen to the, the, the gospel in a, a quick nutshell, here's what it says. When, I, when a person turns from their sin and repents and believes on Jesus and follows Jesus and says, I commit my life to Jesus Christ, what, what God does is literally takes their sin like a coat off of them and puts it on Jesus on the cross. And then he takes Jesus' righteousness like a coat and puts it on that human being. And even though that human being is flawed because they've committed their life to Jesus Christ, because they put faith in Jesus Christ, God sees the righteousness of Jesus on them. And he says, you are now qualified for an eternity in heaven. You can live with me for all of eternity. It's an amazing exchange. But only God can do it. Only God can cleanse us from our secret faults through Jesus Christ. Let me share with you two passages of Scripture on this subject. They're a little bit lengthy, but would you just hang with me for just a second and think about what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 16. He says this to the church, Now to him, to God, that is of power to establish you according to the gospel, the message of Jesus, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, According to the revelation of the mystery, this has been hidden, which has been kept secret since the world began, but now is obvious, it's manifest, and by the scriptures and the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Now, if you've ever read scripture before, you know that the Apostle Paul can write the longest sentences ever, okay? This is one of them. And here's the problem with our 21st century American brains. We get like three words into a long sentence and we fall asleep. Okay, so listen. Let me just kind of put it in a nutshell for you as to what he's saying. This has been hidden from humanity for all of history. This is what Paul is saying. This, what I'm about to tell you, has been hidden from humanity for all of history. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the obedience of faith, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, then he will keep you in his own love and in his forgiveness because of Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, he describes this further, this mystery, this revelation. And he says in verse number 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is the mystery? The mystery is forgiveness in Jesus. Verse 27, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach and warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Paul says, look, the whole goal of my life, the whole reason I exist is to tell you the story of Jesus, because if you would just put faith in Jesus, it changes everything. This is the mystery that God has revealed. So he not only can reveal our sin, but he's revealed the solution Thirdly, he's revealed how we can have victory. That's a little bit different. Once I'm forgiven from my sin, I might still have some trouble with it. I'm dragging it with me and my flesh is still going to have some trouble with sin. And yet he's given me a way to have victory over it. Verse number 13, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Lord, help me have victory. Paul said in Romans chapter 6, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield yourselves as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God. 
Yield yourself to God for victory over sin. And then lastly, God has revealed how we can play offense with the sin tendency. I didn't know exactly how to say that on our notes, but I think you'll understand there are some sports in which you can't play defense. Are you with me? Can somebody give me a sport you can't play defense? Golf. You're not supposed to play defense in golf. Some people try. All right. But when you're golfing, it's every man for himself, no defense. But in most sports, you're supposed to keep the opponent from scoring. That's defense. Offense is when you're trying to score. Right. So how can we play offense with the sin tendency, not just defense, not just getting scored on? How do I actually win Well, David alludes to it in verse number 14, where he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If I'm busy enough in my Christian life doing what pleases God, I just don't have time for the things that don't please him. If I'm focused on serving him out of love, I really don't have the time to feed my flesh. Paul said this in Galatians chapter 5. There's two options for every human. You can serve your flesh, you can do what feels good to you, or you can serve the spirit, you can work on your own spiritual health. But here's what he said in Galatians chapter 5, which is a tough reality. You can't do both. It's one or the other. It's flesh, it's living for yourself, Or spirit, living for Jesus Christ. You can't do both. You have to make a choice, one or the other. So what if you play offense? What if you live feeding your spirit, trying to please Christ with your life? What if you play offense? You don't have to worry quite so much about playing defense. We understand this in all contexts of life. It's better to have a fence at the top of a hill than an ambulance at the bottom of the hill, right? I think our fire guys would tell us it's probably better to build homes that are quality construction than it is just to put fire extinguishers in a bunch of shacks, right? Hope they don't go up. But if they do, we've got fire extinguishers. That would be playing defense. Offense is building a quality home. Offense is building the fence at the top of the cliff. Offense is saying, look, I want to live my life for the honor of Jesus Christ, and I don't have time for the flesh. I don't have time for the world. Peter said in 2 Peter 1, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. God has given you everything you need for spiritual success. Are you accessing his truth and his word? Are you seeing his glory in nature? Are you asking him to reveal the sin in your heart? You see, all three of these things demand a response. Well, let's talk briefly about a couple of conclusions. Like, what, <clears throat> what should I do with this? Right? We talk about this a lot on Sunday mornings. What we don't want to do is be guilty of getting together for worship and singing beautiful songs and hearing somebody talk about the Bible and then leave out that door and be the same kind of people. James actually described this in James chapter 1. He said it's like a guy, and he says a guy, I'm not, I'm not sure why, but he says it's like a guy who gets in front of a mirror and he looks at himself in the mirror And he shrugs his shoulder and says, eh, it is what it is, right? And he walks the other way and his wife catches him on the way out the door and says, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a few things you need to fix. This is like a man, he says, who sees the truth of scripture, shrugs his shoulders and walks out the back door and says, I don't think there's any problem here. Don't be foolish. Don't be arrogant with the word of God. Respond to what he says. So what should I do? Well, number one, I think you should slow down and admire the creator. Slow down and admire the Creator. In the next few weeks, you're going to see the beautiful colors of fall, the weather changing, snow's on its way, I hate to tell you. But every time you see the beauty of creation, don't stop at, wow, what a beautiful day. Go to, what a great God we serve, what a great Creator, what a loving Creator. He's revealed His glory in His creation. But secondly, elevate the importance of God's Word in your search for wisdom. Did you know that there's no doubt if percentages are are on with this group, there's no doubt there's people in this group whose life is generally not going well. It's not going well. There's just a bunch of things that are kind of, eh, are down. And those same people perhaps haven't opened this book in a long time. Did you know that this book has great wisdom for life? In fact, the book of Proverbs was written so that God's people would have instructions 
for life. Open the word of God. Increase its importance in your daily priorities. And then lastly, deal with your sin issue at whatever level it's at. And by that I mean, like, if you first read that, you might say, well, there's some people who are like, really big sinners like the people sitting in my row and then there's people who are not so great big of sinners like me right you might think that but that's not really the point what, what the point is to this is has your sin been forgiven that's the first question like am i in jesus am i still walking towards sin and just doing what every other human is doing or have i repented from my sin and put my faith in jesus christ that's level one is your sin forgiven but secondly if your sin is forgiven Are you living in victory? Like, are you getting victory over sin issues in your life? Are you progressing in your Christ-likeness? Are you becoming a little more like Jesus every day and a little less like you every day? Do you need progress in how you are dealing with your sin issue? As we close today, I just want to show you... A quick picture, like, have you guys, are you familiar with the Nazca lines? Are you familiar with them? Nazca lines? So these are in southern Peru. They're these little troughs that they dug in the dirt. And when they dug these troughs in the dirt, it actually revealed different colors of soil. And they created these ginormous pictures. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about them. These were made back at the time of Christ. So between 500 BC and 500 AD, in that thousand year period, they believe these Nazca lines were made. That's a long time ago, okay? A couple thousand years ago. And here's the crazy thing about them. Most of them, you can't even tell what shape they are unless you're flying over them. They're that big. So why did they make them? And how did they know what they were making? There was nobody flying back at the times of Christ. 2,000 years ago, nobody was flying. There's a hundred, at least a hundred of these geometrical shapes. And if you measure the lines, there's like 800 miles of lines. Here's one of them. This is called the hummingbird. You have to view it from the air. Isn't that pretty intricate? 2,000 years ago, that's carved in the soil in southern Peru. You can only get a good view of it from the air, from flying over it. And here's what I want you to think about. We go, we go about our busy life, and it would be like walking across this terrain and kind of tripping over a couple of little ditches and be like, huh, I wonder what that is, and keep walking, right? We don't know what we don't know because it hasn't been revealed to us. We're not seeing it for what it actually is Here's what Psalm 19 is. Psalm 19, as well as some other passages of Scripture, are like a drone. And the drone goes up in the air, and you look at the picture on your phone, you go, oh, that's what it looks like. I can see it. I can see the castle in the hay bales. I can see the hummingbird in the terrain. I can see it so much more clearly from this vantage point. Psalm 19 is intended to take humans up and say, hey, God's revealed some things. It's right there, but most humans miss it. It's right there. The glory of God in creation, it's right there. It's obvious. The will of God, it's right here in his word. The sin issue in man and how to solve it, it's right there. And Psalm 19 is the drone to take us up to see it. Will you respond to the word of God today? I pray that you will. Let's pray as we conclude. Father, we're grateful for your desire to reveal to us truth that we need we acknowledge this morning that you didn't have to you do that completely out of your grace you didn't have to even give us a clue that you exist you certainly didn't have to create such a beautiful world for us to reveal your glory you did not have to give us your word to reveal us your will you did not have to tell us how to deal with our sin problem but you've done all of these things as the great revealer We're grateful for you lifting us up so we can see it more clearly. Would you help us today to respond appropriately? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we close today, emphasizing that truth. We serve a glorious and mighty God. Let's sing. Majesty, your glory is shining brighter than the moon and the stars, marveling, we honor and
most important thing our church can communicate with you is the gospel message. The word gospel means good news. The trouble with most good news is that it isn't really good until you see it relative to bad news. The discovery of a new cure isn't all that helpful unless you or a loved one has the disease that it cures. In the same way, the good news of Jesus is good when it is understood in relation to the bad news of our own sin. We are all sinners. That's the disease we are all born with. And Jesus is the cure. The good news that everyone can live forever with God in heaven, not because of anything we can do, but because of what Jesus did in our place. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The truth that everyone, everywhere, at all times in history needs to hear is that salvation is only possible by putting our faith in Jesus Christ alone. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Would you put your faith in Jesus Christ today? Would you be willing to pray something like this and mean what you pray from your heart? Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I know I can do nothing to earn forgiveness and make myself right with you. Instead of dying for my own sins, I want to trust Christ and his death on the cross as payment for my sins. I want to repent from doing things my way and make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. The Bible tells us that those that repent from their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in this way shall be saved. Would you believe on him today? And if you did trust Christ today, if you did pray a prayer like the one suggested a moment ago and you really meant it, would you let us know? We want to help you grow in your understanding of the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe you have more questions about putting your faith in Christ and we have great resources to help you with that. The Exchange Bible Study is a four-week study on the character of God that will answer most of your questions about the gospel. We have men and women ready and waiting to go through that with you in person or virtually, depending on your situation. Maybe you put your faith in Christ today, or, or maybe you did years ago, but you feel like you've not grown in your faith. We want to help you with that as well. We have literally hundreds of helpful resources and dozens of believers ready to walk with you through them. Let us know how we can best encourage your journey of faith in Christ using one of the contact methods listed below. Jesus Christ loves you and wants to spend eternity with you. May God bless you as you seek to live your life for his honor and for his glory.